This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. Hey, my name is uh, Pierre-Nicolas Rostel. I'm a serial entrepreneur and founder of Remode. What I love about fashion technology is the fact that innovation can help solve business problems and at the same time sustainability problems. And seeing technology and new ideas making the business more profitable and more responsible at the same time, I think it's something fantastic to see for a particular industry. What happens when you put together hundreds of speakers around disruptive and sustainable fashion and the speakers are ridiculous? Like they are the cream of the crop of the people that you wish were speaking. You put them all in one big place with an enormous number of attendees in a major U.S. city. And what you have is something called Remode. Remode is the dream child of a gentleman that has created something important in the fashion industry. And coming up, you'll hear the story of how that happened, why it happened, and what it means for the fashion industry right after this on a show that starts right now. You're listening to Fashion Is Your Business. Here are your hosts. Pierre, welcome to the show. So happy to have you here. Uh, uh, or should I call you Pierre Nicolas? Which do you prefer? Pierre Nicolas is the, the real Proper. one. But it was probably not designed for me to leave my hometown in the southwest of France. So <laughs> okay. I think you can go by Pierre. Pierre it is. Okay. Well, welcome to the show. We're very happy to have you here to learn not just about your story, but about the story of Remote. Thank you very much. I'm super happy to be here. And uh, hello to Pavin. Hey, you. Hey, Pavin. And uh, would like to welcome a kind of a special announcement for our longtime Fashion Is Your Business listeners. Uh, you may know a voice you've heard on the show from time to time, Natalia Makalova, who's been a many-time guest host on the show. And I'd like to announce that she has officially joined as a regular mainstream host of the show. I don't know if Natalia's mainstream, mainstream. or not, but Natalia <laughs> no. is, a, is a, a regular part of the team now. Uh, so you'll be hearing a lot more from her. Natalia, welcome to the fam. Thank you so much. I'm super, super happy to be here. And yeah. Thanks for the so, team. Awesome. And uh, just just a, a really quickly, can you fill our listeners in on who you are? Just give us like a, sure. a quick Reader's Digest version of what Natalia's up to right now sure. so, for context. So I'm an owner of a company called Balanced Fashion. It's a consulting company and uh, event organization company for fashion tech and sustainability brands and companies. And um, we work with startups. We help them kind of fit in better in the fashion industry and uh, help it help to make it a little less polluting and also work with sustainable brands and help them develop their voice a little bit better. Awesome. So then this seems like a really great conversation to start this new relationship out on because this is about the premier event for disruptive and sustainable fashion exactly. remote. So uh Pierre. How about we start here? Can you tell us why Remote exists? Why was it important that this conference exists and why now? Because the the fashion business is, is disrupted. This is a business that is changing very, very quickly um, with uh, um, a lot of impact uh, on the brand. And it's, it's changing mainly because con consumers – and I'm uh, – 
I hate speaking about like new generations. I think we all shop differently. We all expect different things. Some of us are born with technology and they just expect different things by design, but we are expecting different things as consumers. We we want to shop differently. We want to shop want seamless experiences. We want to, we don't care about, uh, you know, how the brand is organized. If we like a product, we want it. We want it the way we want. And we're also asking for more, for more purpose, for more transparency. We don't, we don't, can't, we can't stand behind brands that are just, uh, you know, shady and, 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 you know, not doing things right. And then that's increasing. So, you know, all this change pushed by us, new consumers, are requiring for brands, like it's what they require. Is, it's huge. You know, you, you need very different way to approach your business. You need a very different way to distribute your goods. You need a very different way to produce them, to move them. You need different ways to be financed. So how do you do that as a brand? So we thought that there was a space for um, a platform, an event, a community and networking um, um, a moment that would uh, contribute to uh, solve those problems. So why don't we take a step back and can we give some context? So, I mean, of course, before um, launching remote, maybe even just earlier this year, really, uh, you're over at UBM. Can you talk through kind of your role and capacity over there and just overall your path to getting to this point where you can essentially announce a pretty major program and then also incite or inspire uh, people to participate? Sure. So two steps back, um, when I when I arrived here uh, in the U.S. Uh, six years ago, um, came from France. Oh, your uh, accent sounds like at least 10 yeah. years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've acclimated quite well. I, I'm trying to I'm trying to hide it a little, <laughs> no. as, at least as much as I can. Yeah, I don't French think, first accent. of all, you're not doing a great job of hiding no. it, or should you hide it? But yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, 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 never hide a French accent. Well, yeah, yeah, the exactly. thing, never, don't hide no. a French well, accent. That's a fact, yeah. Well, that's the tough fact. thing is with the kids, you know, they speak perfect English. Yeah. Now, so they're like, okay, yeah, stop it. Don't, don't even. So... So I have a I have a small consulting practice in yep. France that mm-hmm. I launched more than 10 years ago. Okay. Um focused on change management and 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 strategy and mm-hmm. we used to work for most of the big luxury houses in, in France, Chanel, LVMH, Kering mm-hmm. and also for a couple um um trade show organizers. And so one yep. of them was buying uh, Curve Expo, which was mm-hmm. the leading right. lingerie and swimwear trade show here in the U.S. And as I, w- as I was working on the deal, they asked me to come here and become the CEO. So we moved here. Got I it. ran this company during five years. And during those five years, I learned at a fast pace how much, how fast this industry was changing, how difficult it was for the brands to connect with their customers for the retailers to compete with mm-hmm. the new kind of next generation commerce players. And so I was, you know, trying to find a way to be useful as as a B2B event organizer. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the past it was just, you know, you open your doors, you put a good selection of brands and and you bring retailers, but when you have less retailers, what do you do? How do you help your brands just do more business? So I was researching ways to be useful to bring an added value to my clients. And I came up with this idea of an, an event that would be dedicated 
to brands and to the decision makers and mm -hmm. the people who run those brands. And not only the CEOs and the top guys, you know, the change makers, the people inside the companies who have decision to make every day, who, you know, who just do those businesses, not necessarily decide for everything. And so what, what can you do? What can, what was possible? What kind of platform could be created? And I came up with this, with this idea and I, I went to UBM and, you know, I know UBM well because we had a joint venture together mm -hmm. between Curve and, and UBM fashion. And so I, I came to them and I said, okay, guys, you have a, a big uh, wholesale trade show business that is an essential tool for for the brands and for the stores to that is supporting a huge part of the business and that's continuing that's going to continue even if there are challenges and retail is changing and wholesale mm -hmm. is changing but okay. still what do you do what do you do to help your brands be in business tomorrow i might have an idea for you would you bring me in and uh and 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 help me contribute to change the the course of the business so I, they hired me as a EVP of strategy and business development to see what we can develop and change and how, what kind of new product, what kind of new services we can launch mm -hmm. for our community. Right. And I had, obviously, the remote was not called remote. It was just a one pager. And as, you know, I, I came on board and developed a, a full business plan at the end of 17 and uh, it's been approved and we hired the full team and decided to launch um, after a couple of milestones early uh, April. I mean, this takes a tremendous amount right. of charisma to try to figure out how to manage this entire thing to come together, right? People think that, oh, yeah, it's easy. You could partner with a company like UBM. You could get it funded. And then voila, here's a beautiful program. But with people these days, there's so many options, right? Um, and not all of them relevant with the changing landscape that we're in, of course, and that's why you're starting remote. However, to even have that conceptualized, sold in, um, funded, getting a space together, then in how many how many people are participating as educators in this thing? Uh, hundred fifty. That's a lot. So yeah. so now inspiring hundred fifty people to attach their name to it. Yeah. Right. To actually be a part of it is some big names too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the look, biggest names in the industry, like, and and this is the first, this is the first yeah. one, right? So, yeah, so this is all coming together. How long did it take you to from concept to creation? So, if if I say that the first idea came end of sixteen, the truth is I really started to work on it beginning of seventeen, but yeah. until right. mid seventeen, there was just a one pager, like a one thing. So, I would say mid seventeen, yeah. about a year in motion. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. When but did like, you realize really, it was actually going to happen? Do you know what I mean like when was it just like oh shit oh yeah no we are gonna do it it's what gonna happen it now? yeah <laughs> it's it's a difficult question and I, I I'm smiling because you know the when you the difference between doing something uh, as an an entrepreneur For inside sure. a corporation yeah. and raising money to do it is that when you raise money it's much it's, it's it's probably much more difficult to get all the money but when you have it you have it yeah definitely when you're in a big corporation you have go no goes mm -hmm. and milestones that mm -hmm. are extremely regular so you're constantly walking up a slow chain until it happened yeah what was the tipping point in your head um i mean i i think it's you know you you got to believe in it for me it, 
it had to happen. You, you know, I left, yeah. I left this, I left the job. I was the CEO of a business. Yeah. I was running digital and innovation for a trade show portfolio that was global, 20 trade shows across the globe for the fifth largest trade show player in the world. I was fine. I moved because I was certain that I could launch this. So from day one, I believed that it would happen. I passed every milestone. I changed my job, changed the company. Uh, and I, I remember I started on October 1st last year. On October 7th, I was making a, a presentation to the global CEO with like 30 pages and saying, okay, this is that. There's a lot of risk, man. Yeah. You told me about two little kids well, also you know, yeah. that yeah. were born and raised here. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm not complain, but uh, <laughs> but the, the 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 code the code name was Fashion Future Now. Yeah. At this time, sure. unlike on the on the on the yeah. paper, so so and and it and it passed. It passed the the board accepted and and you know. But I think really the big uh, we had two big things like end of the year. We got one or two people, one or two uh, 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 sponsors supporting us. We had. Even if they were small, but we had them. We had one or two speakers. So we passed January 1st. I was allowed to build the team, to um, build the brand, build the website. And then end of March, after the first uh, couple of tens of thousands of revenue and mm -hmm. the first good bucket of, of speakers, then we got a real green light. So I would say April 1st. And then right. from April 1st to now, that you got to be able to just yeah. start running. Yeah. In terms of the complexity, just the, the amount of pieces that have gone into this. I mean, you think about 150 speakers, 150 educators, you know, like as Pavin alluded to, that, that, is, that is not a small thing. It's a large undertaking, especially first time around. Is that 150 because it swelled to 150 or is that kind of where you were aiming and it was easy to fill? No, 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 no. Or was uh, it hard to fill? Well, yeah, yeah, nor, <laughs> none, of, none of the above. Um, okay. it, it's by design. It's by design mm -hmm. because, um, you know, A, I think the problem we're addressing uh, need a, a, a systemic uh, and holistic solutions. So when you want to help a brand become more vertical and grow responsibly, you got to tackle everything from... Uh, funding to uh, uh, to uh, uh, retailing, yeah. So, and so to do that, you need, and that's why we separated the event in those four pillars. You need to to to, to cover a lot of ground. It's also, I think, uh, a, a, a good uh, a good marketing platform for the event because you know you can talk to the people in finance, you can talk to the people in design, to the people in retail. So that's kind of multi narrow approach allows, I think, for a stronger launch. And, and we str really believed that to make this work, we couldn't just start by a small 200 people conference. We had to position it. Okay, year one, leading thing. Yeah, it is. It seems like it's been around for a while because it, it feels yeah. like a leader. So you know, and that's, that was the strategy. Yeah. That was the yeah. strategy was to say, okay, mm -hmm. we're going to put that on the market and make it like the reference. Right. Then is it uh, easy? No. It is not. It is not easy because, you know, those those leaders, those CEOs and funders, they are speaking all the time. They have, and there are so many extremely respected, right. uh, 15 years old conferences. Um, 
Sure. All the time and everywhere, and everyone has a conference, and every media has a conference, and every everyone yeah. has yeah. a conference. It's like every month. So <laughs> now you're bringing a new one, and people are like, "What? Mm-hmm. Again? But why? So so it's by design, but it's not easy." So it takes. <laughs> Trying to do short well, answers. Yeah, the reason I'm sorry, Natalia. Just just to clarify, where where my the ethos of my question really came from? How much was this connecting with people? Where where people were saying, "Oh my gosh, finally something like this, I'm in," versus you having to really go around and convince people that it is something that they should be a part of. Can can you touch on that quickly? Uh, uh, Did you fully bake the experience before going to speakers or was this something that evolved along the way while you're talking and kind of iterating and talk, you know, getting people. Um, So a lot of, a lot of it is, is baked because there's the the vision behind of an experience that is mixing uh, content, education, discovery, networking, and that is like taking ideas more from festivals than from, trade shows or regular conferences yeah. mm-hmm. that that a lot of it a versus, lot of, uh, yeah. a lot of it is baked but but to answer your your first question i i don't think i have the feeling after those couple of months that i've convinced every and any person <laughs> that is on this lineup that right. is sponsoring and so i think they they there is a strong appetite because you don't do something like that if there's not a strong need you know, because we're mentioning the educators and the speakers, but this is sponsored by Google, uh, IBM, yeah. T-Mall, okay. Oracle. You know, it's not not small companies mm-hmm. who bet on things that don't, sure. don't exist. Okay, but if I was telling you the stories of each of those people, how I got them, that's me going to them, convincing them, and then once I had a critical mass, I have a fantastic team. Um, you know, my my sales team, my the content team, it's very small, but they got the concept, they got it, and then they re- they, they they amplified what, what we were doing. But no, I, I have the feeling that I convinced everyone and that no one... And then you get the enthusiastic people. They're like, yeah, yeah it's awesome. <laughs> but not, they're not necessarily the ones that you can put on the headline, yeah. nor the ones who want to finance it. So, you know, that's where it becomes tricky. There's a lot of that. (laughs) So it seems like it takes a lot of stamina and just powerful determination from a person to move that all forward, to create something that didn't exist before. And it's not a company. It's literally, it's bringing people together. I kind of want to touch on your personal, like, motives behind it um why do you feel this change is happening now and as you and you mentioned that consumer is changing as well but what how how they're, how they're changing and why they're changing because the industry is not really shifting yet yeah. I, I think my, my perspective comes from uh, the two angles okay okay um serving the fashion industry as a consulting shop mm-hmm. as a trade show provider and trying to understand how to, you know, adapt to the changes of this business to serve it right. better. Also, another perspective as an event organizer, a B2B event organizer, a trade show organizer, trying to understand how this thing that is a trade show dedicated for fashion has to change to adapt. Right. So remote is a consequence of those two paths, you know. I'm a trade show organizer. I need to find 
a new model. A, a new model. Right. And I'm serving an industry that is under a lot of pressure and how can I just be useful to my mm -hmm. clients? So remote is a kind of answer for me to those two things. You know, a lot of my friends, after a couple of years running a, a trade show, uh, people were like, and, and I could have the same feeling, you know, why do you stay in this business? Why do you stay in this business? Right. Trade show mm -hmm. is an old media. Fashion is upside down. Everywhere in Europe is very difficult. Here it's very difficult. It's more and more integrated. You know, retail is changing. It's, it's not exactly like a blue ocean, you know, to talk strategy. Mm -hmm. uh, right. Uh, no one's sharing I, ideas here. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and no, yeah. No one is sharing ideas. More and more they are. More and more they are. But yeah. So this this concept, and, and I really wanted to, to try to try something, to try another thing, to, to see, okay, is there a way to do a B2B event for fashion that is um, current, that is relevant, that adds value, uh, and, that, and that offers a user experience that is in line with, again, what we expect mm -hmm. as uh, consumers and yeah. whether we are shopping for personal stuff or for business stuff or shopping or experiencing personal stuff or business stuff, our standards have completely changed. You right. know, more, more and more you're finding, um, you know, programs shipping to consumer, even if they are B2B, just having that opportunity to actually purchase or, you know, experience product. Like what type of elements are you placing into remote, which, um, which kind of take, I guess, um, advantage of those, that sentiment, right? So um, can you talk a little bit through like, you know, the touch points that a brand would have with some of the participants. So, you know, when you look at a, you look at the, the, the fashion value chain, you have the brands, you used to have the independent retailers connecting them with the final consumers, right? Or the department stores, etc. Okay. So if you are the trade show organizer who lives on the relationship between the brand and the retailer, one natural thing could be to say, if there's no more retailer, let's connect with the brand directly. Mm -hmm. That might be a solution. And some people are doing it, uh, you know, with a certain level of success. But I think it's not the only answer. And I wanted to focus on what do you do for the brand? Basically, there's a, you know, if if, if you're hungry, do you want to get a fish or do you want to learn how to fish? A remote is made to learn how to fish. It's made, right. designed for brands to understand how they can reach their customers by themselves. I'm not mm -hmm. going to bring them customers. I don't have enough. I'm going to do something in LA. It's going to be a local thing. Except if you do something about culture and music and it becomes a festival and yeah. then fashion becomes a part of it. But like just fashion, it's going to be a local, it's going to be like the old foire, like we say in, 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 in French, where you know, the origins of the, the, mm -hmm. the, 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 the trade show, that might be something. That's not what I'm on. I'm on educating the brands and the people who work for them to take control of their destiny, of their business, and connect by themselves with customers through their own channels, 
and not needing me to bring them five more. Are you so essentially what I'm gathering is that you're going to have a lot of technology there, right? So in uh, solution providers, thought leaderships on that side. So this is how I did it, whether it's from a reformation or, you know, it just whoever's doing it great, right? Whether it's social commerce, whether it's pop-up strategy, X, Y, Z. And then you'll have a lot of, I would assume, demos of technology that are available to experience. How are you controlling um, or at least monitoring the um, the on-site experience that the technology companies are providing? So to make sure that they're also in line with providing an exceptional or a delightful experience. So... To answer that, I'm going to take one step back and, you know, Remote is designed to help brands build their own channels, Mm -hmm. find ways to grow their businesses in a responsible and sustainable ways. And why is it possible now to do that? It's because there are technology and solution providers. Is sustainability a, a, a center point of the, the it program? It is, yeah. absolutely. Ah. Yeah, yeah. It is, absolutely. Because And, and, and actually, the... the this is possible to do that now because yeah. there is a range of solution providers that can enable that for brands. Mm-hmm. So at Remote, solution providers, they are at the heart of the event. Yep. Not only uh, they are physically at the heart of the event, but they are also on stage. They right. are Their logo is there. They are visible on our website. They are visible on our social medias. It's not like, you know, some conferences could say, okay, we take the brands who have succeeded and you know we don't take the people who have something to sell because you know this is not good for curation i don't believe in that i want to know how this uh, startup that is uh, applying ai to trend forecasting i want to know how they've helped with return and how they can help uh, uh, brands here I want to know how this uh, 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 yarn, RFID powered yarn, can uh, help uh, uh, create a more circular and transparent economy. I want to understand that. And to understand that, I need those people there. Mm-hmm. I want them physically at the center of the event. I want, I want them on stage. I want them to challenge brands. So because they are at the heart of the event, well, the curation is what we've, what we've done. We've looked at everything. Yep. Not saying that uh, you know we we are launching an event, so it's it's not hundred percent perfect. But I think that I think we have more than eighty solution providers. Mm-hmm. I think we have close to uh, fifty startups, like really like young innovative companies, and I think all of them, each of them, is bring is bringing something extremely interesting on the table from design solutions, um, uh, production solutions. Uh, traceability solutions to retail and marketing uh, solutions. Hey everybody, this is Vikram Iyer with the American Enough podcast and just wanted to thank all of you for listening and tuning in week after week. Uh, We are just on the precipice of clearing our one-year anniversary, and this has been an incredible journey and examination of who America really is against the the headwinds of our modern times. If you are interested in the perspectives of mayors and how the identity of their cities is changing America's fabric, or how our foreign policy is changing the way that CIA agents do their business, or even how those 
those brave enough to come forward and, and stake a claim in the Time's Up or the Me Too movement, how their identities have, have been changed by speaking out so publicly, uh, or even if you're just interested in how Netflix documentarians are viewing the world and using satire and entertainment to cope with our current times, there is something for everybody across this channel, and uh, we hope that you continue to subscribe and like wherever you pod. American Enough can be found on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play, um, and if you have any feedback or would like to or have any ideas for more great show um, you know never hesitate to, to email Vikram at americanenoughpodcast.com or tweet at us at our uh, at Vikram Iyer on Twitter and uh, please keep spreading the word this is not over anytime soon Pierre uh, this is really a phenomenal showcase platform that that you've created and and obviously part of what you're trying to do is is give an opportunity for uh, startups even to, to really have a voice, companies that can make a major difference in the industry to to have a really easy way to be seen and to be heard and and to be a part of the impact they can be made. Uh, can you offer any types of examples of companies that in particular you're excited about being able to provide that opportunity to? Right. And what kind of uh, movements in the fashion tech space for sustainability that you're most excited uh, about, whether it's blockchain for transparency or AI for visual recognition? <laughs> yeah. When you apply AI to a better um, uh, analysis of uh, trends and uh, uh, and inventories, you, you're not, you have an immediate impact right. on the bottom line and on how much you produce and how much waste you can create and how much overproduction and inventory. I love this technology because it solves both problems at problems. the same time. Yeah. Helps your business to be just a better business that's going to make more money and makes everyone happy. And at the same time, uh, it makes it more sustainable. Mm. So I love AI. But, you know, I think, I think it's interesting to give uh, a perspective on, and, and to give a, to put light on, on startups, but they're not just startups, you know, um, look at ISCO, for example. Denim is a huge, huge problem in this industry. Like most of us right. have mm -hmm. denim today. Um, the way this huge denim provider has radically changed the way they produce to yeah. be able to limit the, the impact and to adopt very, very cutting edge technologies and, and solutions to produce denim property. It's great. And it's a big, it's a big company. So, you know, mm -hmm. so we, we're going to talk about startups, but leading big corporations are also moving the needles and you'll see them as well uh, right. at Remote. If you look at the, the kind of very exciting startups, there's one that always comes top of mind. It's Eon. Yay. Mm -hmm. Yay, Natasha. Yes, Natasha. So, um, Awesome, you know, not only, you know, um, it's a fantastic solution for traceability coming from technology, right. but everything what, that she's doing with Connect Fashion and like this group that she's she's creating with with brands and technology providers to really create, to really, really create a, a, a solution that powers circularity for, for fashion. It's awesome. And on a bigger scale, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. Not a small... Look at Uvika. Uvika is a morphizing mannequin. It's a connecting mannequin huh. you, that helps in the design room, you know, create perfectly fitting uh, 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 garments thanks to technology. It's pretty cool. I was mentioning an AI um, 
trend analytics company called Uritech. Mm-hmm. They won the LVMH prize. Yeah, we had them on the show as well. They're awesome. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, they are coming as well. Um, Ulula, worker voice platform, helps you understand directly what are the workers feeling in the factories without having to, uh, you know, go through the normal, uh, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, process uh, with your oh, different tier one and two suppliers. Very oh, wow. interesting. Someone that is not small again, uh, Genologia. I'm back to the. Yeah. I'm back to the to the to the to the denim. You know yeah. the, the 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 impact that right. finishing techniques and washing techniques have is huge. So yeah, it, and it pushes that, the needle. Yeah, and and not yeah. only again, not only it's it's fantastic for the planet, but it's awesome for the business. It's good business, yeah. You know, when you're Levi's and you have to mm. take decisions on the way you're going to finish your jeans, like 12 months or 13 months before they're going to touch market. And with Genologia, it's now six or seven or eight or nine weeks. Yeah. You know, it's, it's huge. It's significant. Uh, yeah. I love the, the, the on-demand manufacturing guys also. Mm. Thursday Finest and mm-hmm. uh, 19th Amendment. Right. You, sure. you know them. But they, they the are, they are yeah, yeah, that's that's the future. So, you know, those are the kind of very interesting ones that I... How do, like how do you personally keep on top of all of this stuff? I mean, yeah. uh, we we do a tremendous amount of work of uh, keeping a pulse on these things, but this has been, you know, 10 it's years been, plus, right? So yeah, yeah. I'm wondering how you kind of have entrenched yourself in now. Like, what are you reading? Uh, what events do you go to personally? Uh, where do you find the inspiration? How the, do you know uh, the companies the are closing or selling? Yeah. <laughs> well, that I don't always know. Yes. Uh, um, <laughs> I, I go to a lot of events because yeah. I really believe that the best way to connect is face-to-face events. Yes. That's what, what I'm that's doing, what, what I do. What you're creating. Uh, and I go outside the scope. Um, you know, I mentioned Web Summit. Uh, obviously, went to Shop Talk. I went to, uh, you know, fashion trade shows and conferences. Mm-hmm. And and not only here. I travel. I, you know, I and when I go, I really go. I, yeah. I speak to each and every one. It's wow. like, not everyone at the conference, but like if there's a row with 20 startups, I do the 20 startups right. until right. I've done 20 and I'm not done. So there's kind of this wow. little obstination, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that helped me build um, this kind of, uh, of, uh, of database. And then you have to partner. New yep. York Fashion Tech Lab, XRC, um, you know, some VCs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 they help you do that. And then what I read, I read like uh, like everyone. I read every pretty much everything. But I love LinkedIn as well. People share good things. On oh, LinkedIn. sure do. Yeah. And uh, so I'm kind of curious, since you do have this lens into this industry and this part of the industry, and you are paying attention, and you are doing something about it with remote, obviously, uh, making an impact. Uh, what are you seeing? I mean, clearly you're seeing the need for something like this and disruption and sustainability, but do you have some sense uh, from talking with so many companies already, even just in creating this conference, um, some pulse on where I'm thinking beyond trend. I'm thinking about where people's minds are at. What what are you gleaning from the conversations that you're having about what's just on everybody's mind? I, I think everyone wants to be sustainable and omnichannel. I think that's 
everyone wants to connect with customers seamlessly with purpose and transparency. And the thing is, to do that, like you have to, the, the supply chain is not made for that. None of the yeah. supply chain. I mean, from the from the point of sell to the to the yarn, none of it. So, to go, and I understand your question. You wanna you wanna go the extra mile. You're, you're asking me what is next, but there's a huge work just to get current, get there. Get yeah. to yeah. less landfills, less water, less chemicals, I mean, better experiences, direct connection with consumers, consumer-centric fashion operations. You know, this is huge. It's like you need <laughs> well, that what is you what need. Next. Filling the holes. Yeah. You, you need. You need. And making the connections is what's next. Yeah, yeah, but you, you need. You need to understand. And yeah. this, there, there's there's knowledge about what's wrong. You need to find real solutions uh, conceptually but also be able to implement them with the good technology we've mentioned technologies that are on the shelves but a lot of the solutions are still very at very early stages and maybe some of them are not going to make it to you know so uh, and then once you have that and that's where it's no that's when it changes again you yeah well <laughs> so hey that's why like, no no that you need the talents everything's moving you so need fast. the people yeah, internally you I'm need internally the people who are going to help you it's a full reorg of how you're doing this, business right yeah now. yeah surf this wave and be yeah. ready for the next one because they will be agile because they will learn all the time do you think it's easier to start a business right now fresh or to to help transform a company that's been around for decades I don't know. I, mean, I know. I, I, if I take, uh, what would you if I take my what example, what would you rather do? What would no, you but rather I mean, <laughs> If I take my example, yeah. I've, I've decided to go inside a big company, yeah. try to do things differently Shake and bring a different way. Um, it's been easy on some ways and difficult on others. Um, would have been, would I be better now if I had done it differently? I don't think so. I think big companies have a huge advantage. They have they have customers. The customers they have they have the yeah. customers, they have the talents, they have the money, they have the structure. It's it's crazy that companies lose against startups. Just you know, they have the assets. So I think it big companies want to be agile enough, want to bring talents, want to bring young people. Uh, they have better chances than sure. startups. To survive now, when you do things right by design, you can also go faster. Which companies inspire you right now on the larger scale side? Um, so, I'm going to take two of uh, our friends. Um, uh, I, I love what Evelyn is doing. Mm -hmm. It's just awesome, you know, to put the customer at the center, uh, build direct channels. Don't not be ideological about it has to be pure web or pure this no build store when we need them we are online when we need it and we are transparent we say what we do we do what we say not everything is perfect but we we're clear clear about things and we we have a purpose um i'm also super impressed by parlay um what parlay is doing for the mm -hmm. ocean and how they translate yeah. that into uh, a real uh solution for for um uh Uh, fashion companies, and I'm going to say Target. You know, I think the the the, the sustainability policy, I mean, sustainability strategy, 
that target mm. is going to start to roll out now is awesome. You know, everything is going to have to be circular. So, yeah. you know, I I, it's, it's like a game of two ends where the customer, of course, will have to demand a change more vocally. I believe there needs to be some mm -hmm. more movements coming from the customer perspective, but also from the companies, the big companies' perspectives. Those people that are on top, they have so much power, but they have so little drive like you do. And that's why I believe those those companies need to kind of relook at who's on top and who's really managing unless they are already kind of keep their eye on the industry and what's really going on. So I really admire that the fact that you were able to kind of raise that question up. But also, what do you think that other companies can do from their higher perspective, how to drive that change? I mean, I, I think I think education is the is right. the key, you know. You got to be willing yeah. to question the status quo. You got to be willing to learn what's new. You got to be willing to challenge what you think is the only way. Mm -hmm. You got to accept the, the different angles and things. And then when you learn, um, you're, you're able to change. And when you're able to change, then, uh, you know, if, uh, if you... <laughs> why not? And, and it sounds to me yeah. like part of what you've done is create an environment in which that learning can certainly take place. Hopefully. And I hope that, and, and the thing is, I really believe that you need ideas, solutions, and contacts to transform. Of course. It's not action. just the education. Yeah. So, and that's going to be the challenge. No, no, take action. Yeah. And that's mm -hmm. going to be the challenge at remote because yeah. the, 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 the content is heavy. And I want to make sure people are not going to spend all their time just listening to conferences and they're going to, that's why it does a lot. You got to build your own agenda. Mm -hmm. And I hope they will spend time with the innovators. I hope they will not consider that as people who have to sell something, that they will understand right. that those are the people who can make it happen for them. And that if they just leave the conference with cool and good ideas yeah. and they did not, and they do not have the partners to do it and they did not build their network to have the talents of tomorrow, to have the money of tomorrow, to have they that will not be enough. So education is the the, the key, but then you still have to open the door. You have to right. push it. You have to walk through the door to, right. to, 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 exactly. to achieve change. Well, your chance to walk through the door with Remote, I'm, I'm very happy to say that we've collaborated with Remote to be able to offer you the opportunity to participate in Remote. If you haven't signed up yet, good news. You can get $100 off your registration when you go to remote.com and sign up. And I believe, uh, Pierre, you're offering that $100 for a code of mouth media. Yes. Uh, so I believe, Pierre, you're offering $100 off the registration using code mouth media at checkout. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, that's awesome. Thank you. Uh, and by the way, Remote is in Los Angeles on November 13th and 14th, 2018. Los Angeles, what a great place to do a conference. It's going to be exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we love the idea to be to be in LA. I think there's mm -hmm. a huge movement there, yeah. not only right. in fashion, for a more responsible and sustainable life. A lot of the innovative companies and sustainable brands are on the West Coast. A lot of yeah. the tech companies are on the West Coast. So for us made a lot of sense. I also wanted to create something immersive 
where people would travel and stay two days. Yeah. And you know, guys, New York is a little bit sure. difficult to do that. People have, you know, they show up at 10 and then they have a dinner or something. And, you yeah. know, it's difficult to keep them together. I hope LA is going to allow that. Normal way well, to do... the traffic will allow... It will, will work to your advantage. I think we'll stay a little longer, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or you so, should get all those scooters, man. Everyone's uh, tossing those scooters yeah, in the yeah, bushes yeah, yeah, and, in, yeah. you know, <laughs> they're all over the damn place. All right, up next, <laughs> off the grid questions where we get a little bit more human and maybe a little less remote with Pierre. We'll do that right after this. Welcome to the All Possibilities Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Chan, intuitive life purpose coach and founder of Being My Purpose. I had a successful career, an Ivy League education, and led a very rational life. Several years ago, I had a spiritual awakening, developed psychic gifts, and decided to dedicate my life to pursue my purpose and empower others. I'm hungry to learn even more about the incredible potential of the human mind and spirit. On this podcast, I talk to entrepreneurs, executives, scientists, and leaders to hear their stories of transformation, the science behind them, and what it means for you to unlock your potential in your life and career. Together, let's embark on a discovery of all possibilities. Episodes are available on iTunes, Google Play, and our website, allpossibilitiesshow.com. Pierre, uh, it's time for... And now, it's time for Questions Off the Grid, with fashion is your business. That's right. Off the grid questions, off the grid questions, where we ask questions a little bit more uh, off the grid, a little more personal in nature. Uh, we have no idea the questions we're going to ask. We don't know the order we're going to ask them. We solve all of that with a spin of our great big wheel of grid destiny. And uh, we'll figure out the order from that. Since this is Natalia's official first full-time show, I'm going to give her the honor of giving the wheel a big spin. And the first question has come to Puffin. Okay. Uh, you made mention of having uh, children. How many kids do you have? Two. You have two. And what ages? Nine and three. Excellent. So, I mean, uh, your nine-year-old was here, I guess, uh, boy or girl? Sorry. Uh, two girls. Two girls. So when she came, uh, she was three years old, right? When yeah. you moved over. What types of activities do you do as a family that um, remind you of the way that you grew up in the south of France here in New York? That's a, That's a good question, question. Pavin. Pavin wow. wins off the great questions yes. already. First wait, question wait, out. Okay. Well, I don't know what's coming to tell you, but that was a really good start, Pavin. Uh, the one that is very easy because it doesn't require anything else than being at home is cooking. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. We for cook sure. a lot. I cook a lot. It's like a very relaxing activity for me. So we cook a lot and we've always cooked a lot in my family on both sides. And so um, so that's, that's, that's one thing. Mm -hmm. um, all the rest is pretty different, except maybe the, you know, we... Because we're far from our family, 
uh, and all a lot of our friends are in the same situation. We recreate this kind of uh, friend family and we, you know, rent a house out upstate with friends and we go there and spend the weekend and all the kids are together, which is something that we we were doing as well when we were in France. Nice. Great. All right, another. So, Natalia, spin the wheel if you would. Yay. <laughs> another spin. And the next question comes to me. So, uh, Pierre, my question is, before we started uh, our conversation, you and I were talking uh, offline, and you were talking about your just absurdly dense and busy schedule, just the nature of putting something like this together. Uh, and, and it just seems like there isn't even 15 minutes here or there to do something with. But you're a human being and you do require the occasional moment to, um, whether it's relax or tune out or find peace or whatever it is. So outside of spending time with your kids or your wife, um, when you can grab that 5 or 10 or 15 minutes or whatever amount of time is, what do you do to stay sane? Um, so. That that's after a year like this one, uh, it's not an easy question to answer. Before that, I do a lot of, I used to do a lot of sports. I used to run a lot. I ran the New York Marathon. Mm -hmm. um, but I have to say that this year has been pretty crazy. I still have a couple things you said outside of my wife and my kids, yeah, which is that would be the easy yes, but that, that, that's difficult because they are. The, the base of sure. my life and the foundation and that I do, you know, nothing could work without, without them. So it's a little difficult to take them out of okay. the picture, but, me, but, but, a um, couple moments, um, I'm a big fan of rugby, which is ah. our, um, the French, uh, it's, a, I wouldn't say our American football, but that's the closest mm -hmm. thing. So every weekend there's a game from my hometown, Toulouse, uh, that happens to be the number one club in Europe. Mm -hmm. People might disagree, but... Uh, and uh, <clears throat> so I always watch the game. Uh, I cook a lot again. Uh, I spend time with my friends. I read. I listen a lot to a lot of music. So that's also a very important way to disconnect for me because I love like... So, yeah. What, what, what kind of music are you listening to when you um, find that rare moment? So... Um, I listen to a lot of electronic music um, and then very diverse hip hop and French and, but a lot of electronic music. The good thing with electronic music is it's, it's the, 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 the tracks are very long and you have mix that are two or three hours or that you can completely like when you're on a, a plane, like one of my favorite artists posted recently a five hours Mix well, saying, "Hey, yeah. that's for 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 you guys who do New York, LA, or LA, New York, like me." <laughs> and the first time I did it, I was in the plane, started, and I Perfect. spent the five hours. And obviously, I worked, but the fact that you can that your mind can be transported in in that's those cool. vapes and and uh, and and abstract sounds uh, helps me a lot. Natalia, just for the heck of it, why don't you give that wheel one more spin and see who it comes to? There you go. <laughs> So oh, it's you. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I'm curious, Pierre, I'm also international, um, and I come from Europe, and I wanted to know 
how was this shift? Six years ago is a long time ago, I understand. But how was that shift from Europe, uh, from France to New York? And what was like the most surprising thing for you here? And still so is. So <laughs> the most surprising thing is, so when you travel, there are a lot of places where people look different than in your hometown. Yes. They have different skin, a different a very different culture. You see it, you feel it. You go to India. I mean, that's very different. When you come here, it looks the same. Yeah. So you're kind of, oh, you know, this is Occidental society and you think that maybe the culture is going to be similar and it's not. Totally. So it takes a little while to understand that people interact differently, that the culture is very different, that when people say something, it's not necessarily the literal traduction and right. translation. <laughs> so it took me a little while. So you know, I, the, my first meetings here, I was like exiting the meeting. It was awesome. This is a deal done and nothing yeah. would ever happen again. I was like, yeah. well, what, what happened? Yeah. And, I but then I learned, yeah, yeah. Le then I learned like some key, my, my favorite one is, yeah, uh, I, I totally see where you're coming from. So when I heard that at the beginning, I was like, Oh, Perfect. this is very, this page. is empathic, yeah. you know? Yeah. No, means, you know, I don't want your idea. You got to stop and then you don't call me because. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it took me a while to understand that even if those uh, yeah. societies seem to yeah. be organized the same way, uh, culture is very different. Totally, yes. The directness <laughs> is definitely missing yeah. from. Yeah. <laughs> so Pierre, it's been a, been a great conversation. Uh, perhaps uh, we could close with, any final thoughts that you may have reflecting on our discussion or about what you're doing with remote? Yeah, I will, I'll, I'll probably mix a couple of the things we've uh, said and, uh, and, and, and the, the off the grid part. I, I think the, the future, um, the world will change if people think and do different. And when I see my, my elder daughter, who's nine years old uh, and who, learns at school how you have to save water, uh, be careful with the waste, uh, be careful with what you eat, be careful with yeah. everything and be super conscious. I'm like, education is the key. And that's not because yep. you got it by design and you learned it because you are a fourth grader in New York City uh, in 2018. It's not like because you don't carry it by design that you can't change and you can't have an impact. And the only way to get there is, is to educate, is to understand, is to read, is to open, is to challenge. And so that's great to have people who are connected and sustainable by design, like our kids. Um, but that doesn't mean that all of us, we can't change and totally. do things differently. So I would hope that um, uh, everyone has hope and things are possible now. We can do things better and we and if we can we have to because what's at stake uh there's no planet b you know there's yeah. there's that's it there's no way so well we're working on mars but yeah, yeah. <laughs> well yeah i don't know <laughs> even if that was doable i don't know if i want to go there yeah you know? <laughs> Fair yeah it's far it's a long commute yeah and of course we mentioned uh, reaching out to remote.com and you can use mouth media to get a hundred dollars yeah. off registration this round um, and, and well, you can reach out to me directly on Instagram. It's exactly. mr uh, underscore pnh, and I'm happy to answer any question, interact with anyone, and engage in, in a very open, uh, transparent 
conversation. And it'd be a shame for me not to uh, identify and acknowledge your off-white collaboration shoes with Nike that you're rocking right now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, with the shoelaces, there which I appreciate. Yeah, so, proper. proper. <laughs> All right, uh, Nicolas. Let me let me see if I can get this right. Pierre Nicolas Hester. It is, it, it, it is in the neighborhood. It, it is good. It is good. I don't know. And I appreciate the effort. <laughs> I don't speak French, but that's the closest I'm going to get. I, I gave it a good try, Pierre. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for joining us and, and very best of luck with a very successful conference. Thank you so much. Thank you all. It's been a real pleasure. And uh, I'll see you in LA. And that ends this really interesting episode of Fashion Is Your Business. Thank you very much for joining us, everybody, for Mr. Pavinball. Shake it easy. And Natalia Makalova. Yay, thank you. <laughs> I like that. That's a good sign-off. Yay, thank you. I think you should stick with that. <laughs> I'm Mark Rako. We'll see you next time, everybody. Bye-bye. This has been Fashion Is Your Business. To suggest guests or content for the show or to become a sponsor, email us at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Keep up with the show on social media at Fashion Biz Show. That's Fashion B-I-Z Show. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, along with our website, fashionisyourbusiness.com. Produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved. No portion of the episode may be distributed or published without the express written permission of the producers. This is your announcer, Peter Coleman. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.